This is the London Live Podcast. Listen live weekdays from 1 to 3 on 980 CFPL. Okay, so things are happening. And I don't mean with Justin Trudeau and proroguing Parliament. Unfortunately, I don't mean with the COVID-19 pandemic. It would be nice if things were happening, you know. Hey, guess what? There's a vaccine, and it looks really good, and we're not there yet. But things are happening. I have been through the births of two children. So going into labor, one of them was 2 o'clock in the morning. My wife wakes up and goes, yeah, it's time to go. And immediately you're as awake as you've ever been. Another one where it kind of lasted into the day, but the labor didn't quite start, but we knew it was starting, but it very nerve-wracking times. But I, I kind of feel even more frazzled right now because I'm, I'm trying to procure the, perhaps, the adopting of a dog. I can't believe that this is actually happening. This is something I've kind of been railing against for many, many years. Many years. My daughter's not going to like this. She's moved out already. We didn't get a dog while she lived with us. But I'm having trouble texting right now. Because I I want to make this kind of a surprise for my wife, but I still want her in on it. You know, so it's it's very different from the birth of our children. That that definitely she was a big part of that, but I'm I'm trying to keep her kind of guessing on on this particular thing because she's the one that really wants the dog. And if you don't know me, here's a little bit of backstory as to why all of a sudden now is maybe the time to get a dog. Outside of pandemic times, I travel around a lot with the London Knights. Where they go, I go. And so we have one child that has now grown up and moved away. We have another one that is within a year of doing the same thing. And I'm still planning on traveling around with the London Knights for as long as people will let me. So if I'm gone, Kirsten needs a a good companion. I mean, the dog would probably be a better companion than me. So I'm thinking now get the year, take the year, and then everything's all set. They know each other so that they're not training alone. And, you know, I can walk the dog at any time. I'll let her be the master. I I know how that kind of works. But I'm, I'm having difficulty. And, of course, I stupidly sent a text to her with someone's giving away puppies. And these things are going fast. And they need homes. You know, this is before they wind up becoming rescue dogs. I'm trying to intercept that. So that's kind of what's happening here. Somebody is giving away puppies, and I've sent a picture of one of the puppies to her. You know, I sent two, and she wanted one, and it wasn't there. And so now I've sent another one. And I also sent a little note. Oh, by the way, this was dropped off. And she responded nice. So I don't know whether she responded nice that a thing has been dropped off, or nice that that's the dog that she wouldn't mind having live with us for X number of years. See? I'm way more frazzled when than when the kids were born. That, that seemed very straightforward. You know, there wasn't much I had to do. Stay out of the way. Here, I'm directly in the way. I'm the one making the way. So I'm having some challenges, and I'll let you know how things go throughout the show. 
Nice. Does that mean yes? Nice usually means yes, right? What, what would you say if you were saying no, but you didn't use the letters N-O? It wouldn't be nice. We've been married 23 years on Sunday. I should be able to read minds. Frazzled. Okay. Lots to come on the show. We're going to talk about ticks in eight minutes from now. You need to know about ticks because we are a tick hotspot. And what is there to do during the pandemic to pass the time? I don't know. Go for walks in the woods. You're very, very unlikely to run into somebody on a walk in the woods. That's a great pandemic activity. School, not a good pandemic activity, necessarily. Football, bad pandemic activity. Flights on planes, challenging pandemic activity. But walking in the woods, usually good. However, with this being what appears to be a tick hotspot, we better know what sorts of things we've got to do to avoid getting bitten by a tick. You don't want it. You don't want it. You don't want COVID-19, and you don't want Lyme disease either. So eight minutes, we're on it as to what is happening in this area with ticks. We are also going to do part two of our rapid screening and rapid testing for COVID-19. We're going to speak with a company that is making a rapid test, a rapid screening procedure. And we'll talk about what that is. I'll try and eke out what the price point would be on this. It's not into market yet, so... I, they're probably playing around with what that would be, so we'll discuss that. Oh, and in less than an hour from now, the Blue Jays will be on 980 CFPL, and we will have that game for you. London Live will continue at 980cfpl.ca, and we've got a lot more planned for the rest of the show. But the Blue Jays are coming up. We'll have the game. They're also playing tomorrow at 1 in the afternoon, and we'll have that game for you as well. So that's the lowdown. Things to get caught up on, the Toronto Raptors play today at 1.30, and we'll provide you with some updates and some insight into what happens there. They're up one game to none. But maybe the biggest victory for the Raptors today is, or at least the, I don't know about victory, this seems to be a slam dunk, to use the basketball term. Masai Ujiri, remember last year when the Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship? He was trying to get down onto the court to celebrate with his team. He is the president of the Toronto Raptors. And he was stopped by a security guard. And not long after that, this security guard filed this lawsuit claiming, I don't know whether it's termed damages to his face, jaw, and teeth, but, you know, injury to it, and who knows what he wanted. Well, they have now, this security guard was was wearing a body cam. Good call, buddy. And here's just a little snippet of, because we can't play the entire thing, but here is a little snippet of what is on the old body cam. Please, 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 please. There was an altercation, but you can see who started the altercation. You can see from the body cam perspective of this security guard who ended up being a sheriff's deputy, he pushes Masai Ujiri, unprovoked. Masai Ujiri comes down, and he is trying to put his media pass into a spot, and all of a sudden, boof, this hand comes out. And that hand is uh, accompanied by some choice words. And then Masai kind of moves forward again, and boof, another hand shoving him back. 
And there's a report in the Toronto Star that has gone into some investigation into this guy. Yeah, he uh, he was convicted of insurance fraud. Uh, right now, he makes over $200,000 a year, according to this report. And he's been on sick leave since last year, just collecting. Uh, he seems to be, hmm, how do we put it, a garbage guy. Just, just the way that it, it would seem. And then he filed this lawsuit, and now there's a countersuit being filed by Masai Ujiri. So we'll see how that plays out. But this body cam footage appears to be pretty damning against the sheriff's deputy. Nobody likes ticks. Sorry if you're a tick. I don't mean any offense, but your fellow ticks, that's who you have to go to to find things that like you. Because, no, nobody likes ticks. And every year, according to the Middlesex London Health Unit, they are finding more and more black-legged ticks. And now a large portion of London and the county of Middlesex is being identified as a Lyme disease risk area by public health in Ontario. More black-legged ticks, higher risk of Lyme disease. So it's important for all of us who are left with very few choices to keep ourselves occupied. There is one, sit still. Two, sit but move slightly. And three, go for a walk. Sometimes those walks exist in wooded areas. And ticks, they like wooded areas. They also like you. So how exactly do we protect ourselves? Well, to help us in this conversation, we welcome Mike Maris to London Live. Professor Maris is a pest expert and a professor at Fanshawe College. Professor Maris, thank you so much for taking some time for us. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on. It's good to talk to you again. Well, great to talk to you. I think last time we talked about rats. Uh, now we're talking about things that are a whole lot smaller, like ticks. What do you know that we should know about ticks? Well, I think the, the most important thing to know about ticks is that just because you've been bitten by a tick, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get Lyme disease. In the same way that we know mosquitoes carry uh, West Nile virus, but not every mosquito does, and people get bit by mosquitoes all the time without contracting West Nile virus, it's important to remember that mo- most tick bites uh, won't actually lead to Lyme disease. The problem is that the uh, stakes are quite high, right, because Lyme disease can be quite a debilitating uh, infection. And that's so- something that, again, along with a list of other things, you don't want. So nobody wants to contract Lyme disease, which means we've got to keep ourselves safe. And if you're taking the dog for a a walk in the woods or you're going for a walk where ticks might be, I I don't know, would they, could they be other places that aren't the woods? So generally where we see ticks is going to be wooded areas, uh, as you've mentioned, but also long grass. Um, They tend to, to be found in those areas as well. Um, So it's just important to make sure that you're keeping an eye on if you have to go into those areas or if you choose to go into those areas. Um, Protecting yourself with an insect repellent that contains DEET is is always a good idea. Uh, That'll help to ensure that you're not um, having the ticks be attracted to you. And then after you go out of those areas, if you go for a walk in the woods or in the long grass, just make sure that you uh, have a look for the ticks. 
Uh, the trick can be to try and find them because they can be quite small, right? We're talking about um, a tick before it engorges uh, and starts um, feeding. It'll be the size of, like, say, a sesame seed. So it's quite, it's quite small. You might have to uh, get a friend to help you look for them, especially in the scalp and, and other areas that you wouldn't be able to see yourself. Really? Because they, they could get onto us somehow if we were in an area or maybe lying on the grass and they could hide in our hair? Yeah, in, in your hair. Um, I mean, it, generally speaking, people will see them on their legs if they're wearing shorts and walk through long grass, those types of areas. Um, it's more the areas that you can't see that become the problem. Because if a, if a chick attaches to you, um, even if it were to, to begin feeding on you, you're still talking about 24 hours or so before the bacteria um, that causes Lyme disease can actually transfer from the tick to you. Uh, so if you see it immediately and, and remove it, um, it's generally not going to be an issue. You, you just want to keep an eye on that area. Um, wash with some alcohol and soap and water and, and just your general um, cleanliness things. But in areas where they're hard to see, you know, um, creases in the skin, armpits, uh, in the scalp, areas that are a little bit harder to see, something as small as a sesame seed, that's where you're going to run into uh, to issues with ticks being able to feed uh, for a longer amount of time before we realize they're there. Professor Mike Maris joining us as we talk ticks. Professor Maris is a pest expert and professor at Fanshawe College. Now, if you get bitten by certain things in this world, you feel it. Shark, bear, dog, you know that you've been bitten. How about with a tick? Is there a chance that you could be bitten and not know it? I think everybody's different, um, but I think that that's definitely a possibility. Uh, the same way that some people can feel mosquito bites the second they happen and others you know they have mosquitoes on them they don't even realize so i think that's definitely uh, a possibility and something that people should uh, should keep in mind okay excellent now professor maris if you do get bitten by a tick i've heard that they can detach their head and leave their head behind depending on the type of tick so you've got to be very careful pulling them out and and make sure you get all of the tick out if it has attached itself to you Right, that's, that's definitely true. Um, so, I mean, if you are bitten by a tick, it's important to remember that most ticks in the area um, are not actually the, the black-legged ticks, or uh, another name for them is deer tick. Um, the most common type is actually a dog tick. Um, so it's important to remember that, that not every tick bite is, is something that we necessarily need to be concerned about. Um, and then on top of that, there's not much evidence that shows that male uh, black-legged ticks can actually spread the bacteria that causes Lyme disease. Um, so really, we're just worried about the, the female black-legged or, or deer ticks. So if you're bitten by one of those, uh, as you said, it's important to try and remove it, uh, keeping the head intact. Now, if the head does break off, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, that it's going to be a problem. Our body is very good at removing foreign bodies that end up lodged in there. Right? We've all had a sliver that we couldn't get out, and, and it doesn't uh, turn into a huge health issue. Uh, what's important to, to kind of keep in mind, though, is that after we've done our general cleaning, soap and water, and uh, maybe rubbing alcohol, it's important to keep an eye on that area and look for a skin rash that starts to develop because that skin rash is going to be the precursor to Lyme disease. So we want to keep an eye for this, this skin rash. It'll look like a, a radiating bullseye. Um, there's many pictures of it online. And, and if it were to be on someone, I, I can't imagine that 
someone would have this skin rash and, and not notice it. It's quite, uh, it's quite apparent. So if you develop that skin rash, that's the time that you really want to be seeking medical attention before that skin rash has the, the chance to turn into Lyme disease. Gotcha. Professor Maris, this has been very helpful. Thank you so much for all of the expert advice. Anytime, Mike. It's great to talk to you. Well, keep safe when it comes to ticks and everything else that we're dealing with right now. We'll talk soon. Thank you. You too. Take care. That's Professor Mike Maris, pest expert and professor at Fanshawe College. So breaking off of the head, as Professor Maris says, can happen. Uh, typically not good for for the tick. Um, you, you kind of want to keep your head through everything. But these ticks will do that, and that's because they're looking to – Spread the love, and it's love that you don't want. So do be kind of aware that they're out there, that the Middlesex London Health Unit has reported if you're going out for walks, you know, tuck your your pants into your socks. Don't, you know, as, walks in the woods are not about fashion. This, this is not a red carpet. There are no red carpets in the wood. So, you know, tuck your pants into your socks. Make sure they can't get in there. Kind of wear longer clothing if you're going out. And do check yourself and your dog, because even though, as Professor Maris says it, not every tick is going to carry Lyme disease, it's something you don't want. So be vigilant when it comes to that kind of stuff. So yesterday on London Live, we spoke with Dr. Zoe McLaren from the University of Maryland in Baltimore County. And we talked about rapid screening, rapid testing, and it was amazing to hear from a researcher how fired up she was, how optimistic she was. You can actually hear it. You can go back and check out the podcast from yesterday's show because Dr. McLaren is on that. You can find that at the Curious Cast Network or you can find it at 980cfpl.ca. But before you run away and do that, that led us to say, you know, Okay, if, if there is that much optimism about rapid testing, which would eliminate what we're seeing in terms of COVID-19 testing now, where you've got the big swab, you've got the wait of, if you're lucky, 24 hours, maybe 48 hours. If you live in the United States, maybe. I, I'm not sure that some states even put a time frame on it. Just, oh, thank you for the test. Maybe you'll get your results. But... We need to know as quickly as possible if somebody has COVID-19 because this thing spreads, and it sometimes spreads, according to the science, from asymptomatic individuals. And so we wanted to check in with a company that is very hard at work at creating rapid COVID-19 tests. And we have with us the founder, the president, and the CEO of Graphene Leaders Canada, Donna Mandow. Donna, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm great, and thank you very much, Mike, for having me on the show. Well, we're very, coming we're out very of our... Excited. You're excited? Okay, that's I, I love hearing that word, because <laughs> coming out of that interview yesterday with Dr. McLaren... We were all very excited because this sounded not just promising, it sounded possible. So let's kind of go to how you got into rapid COVID-19 screening or testing. For sure. Uh, Graphene Leaders Canada, GLC, is a private graphene production and application development company. Our focus up until March of 2020 was directly uh, integrating our graphene technology 
into water and air treatment solutions along with various coatings. Uh, we're working with the Department of National Defense, and we've taken their coating uh, that they put on ship hulls for corrosion resistance, and we've improved it with our graphene by 90%. So we're experts. Uh, Dr. Leah Kamant, who is my Director of Research and Development, is named the World Graphene Expert and is the Vice Chair of the International Standards Committee on Graphene Materials. So we know graphene. March came along, and uh, we all, the whole world, I think, came to a standstill. And while we, in April, shut our doors, uh, a new employee to the company, he, he's been with us now about 10 months from Cambridge University, he'll be the second in the world in the next few weeks to get his Ph.D. in graphene technology, wrote a plan around integrating our graphene to solve a rapid test for COVID-19 detection, SARS-CoV-2. When we say rapid, we mean a 30-second test. We want 30 seconds. The, 30 seconds or less, but 30 seconds. At the door, when you walk into that arena, when you walk onto the airline, when you walk into the casino, anywhere that you go that needs to have a confirmation that you are clear of COVID, it's a simple saliva spit test. We really differentiate ourselves because our highly sensitive graphene is only looking specifically for the protein in the virus. So we're actually doing virus detection, both asymptomatic, those days before you show symptoms, and then, of course, if you're a carrier without symptoms. But our test eliminates, and it's the only of its kind, eliminating that swab up your nose or down your throat. No one likes either one of those. You don't require a certified practitioner to oversee it. It's basically turn it on, look for a green light or a red light after you spit into the saliva vessel. 30 seconds later, you know the result. It's that simple. There's no expensive equipment, no cross-handling of the sample into this expensive equipment. So cross-contaminations are, re are eliminated. Uh, so it eliminates the uh, false positive negative problems as well. So... This really is, uh, we're very excited. Uh, we're, we're getting a lot of interest around the world. Governments are communicating with us. As a matter of fact, they've named it the holy grail of COVID-19 detection testing. Well, that's, that's a nice compliment right off the bat. And this kind of continues the conversation that we had yesterday with a researcher at the University of Maryland who was talking about this in, in much the same optimistic way that you are talking about it right now. Donna Mandau is with us, founder, president, and CEO of Graphene Leaders Canada, as they work on a rapid COVID-19 test that, as Donna says, has been called the holy grail of testing. So, Donna, you mentioned an arena setting where you would have maybe a line of people, you know, we all go through metal detectors to get into arenas, exactly. and, and it would be possible to do a saliva test, obviously it would take a little while, so it's going to take longer to get into an arena, but that's that's a possible outlay for this? Absolutely. Uh, we're talking to some major leagues right now. Uh, same goes for airlines. Uh, uh, it, it's basically a group test as you're standing, like you say, the metal detection, or as you line up to go through um, and showing your passports or however we uh, have uh, various levels of security Uh as long as you don't eat, drink, or smoke, um, you know, that 15 to 20 minutes before taking the test, your, your saliva has to be clean, your, your mouth and your palate has to be clean. You do the, the test, and away you go. Um, again, 30 seconds. So 
multiple uh, tests can happen, obviously, at once. So I think a 30-second test gives us that chance of going back to our old normal. Live again is what one group in California is calling our test as they market it to the Disney's and uh, various large groups that way. But um, this is uh, absolutely a possibility when you're talking seconds and not minutes or hours or days. Yeah, and boy, yeah, live again, life changer, holy grail, uh, all of those things would seem to apply in all of this. If you have eaten or smoked or had a drink in the 20 minutes before the test, would it come up inconclusive or could it indicate, no, we we can't test this person? How would that work? Uh, It would show a negative, so nobody wants that. So I think everybody will follow the rules. It's it's, It's a simple... Again, as you're standing in line uh, waiting to get through wherever um, security lines there will be, uh, it's it's a simple 15 minutes of just that, no smoking, eating, chewing gum. Uh, you have to give your mouth that time for your saliva to clean itself. And your mouth does a great job of doing that. So uh, within that minimal time frame, you, then you take your saliva uh, spit test and away you go. We are talking right now with Donna Bandow, founder, president, and CEO of Graphene Leaders Canada, and we're going to be talking about when this could be available. But, Donna, here's the thing. If you have a holy grail, let's say somebody went and found the holy grail, the first thing they would do is set up a nice Kijiji page and say, $75 billion, and this can be yours. How do you balance... <laughs> what this would cost so that you are still able to make a go of it as a company, but then venues or restaurants or whoever wanted to make use of this is still able to afford it. Well, and our mission statement at GLC is people and planet. Everything we're doing in cleaning water, um, changing air, and developing a rapid test, we want everybody to be able to access it. So, our target price uh, is somewhere between that 25 to $30 U.S. number. Uh, if we have some big partners, which we already are closing on some great uh, relationships, um, certainly we'll do our best to bring the costs down even more. And um, it, we want this, again, to be something that is available. Uh, it's, it's a game changer and a world changer. So we want it to be accessible to everybody. While governments are charging 150, uh, an email uh, from Mexico told me they're paying 170 U.S. for a test there. Uh, this absolutely is a, a small amount to pay to have your freedom live again, um, old normal back. We don't like the new normal, so this is a solution to get us back to what we're what we were happy with. Right, and could that do more than one test, or would that be thirty dollars per person per test? Well, just like we go to health uh, services and take one test for $100 Canadian or 150 that's one test. This is okay. 25 30 bucks. one test. It's a throwaway. We recycle our electronic, uh, that's our strategy, and um, exterminate the front end, the saliva component of it. But Generation 2 is already around the corner, and that's going to have software. So you take one test and uh, have an app on your phone that sends sends a message that says you're clear for the day. Now you can walk around. You don't have to multitest. Um, it will sh- show that you've taken the test at your local uh, clinic or pharmacy, however that shakes out. 
and um, then you're free to, um, at, you know, go wherever you need to go and not test at every door that you enter. So our target you see timeline, as... sorry, our target timeline sorry. to launch is October. Okay, October. So that's that's very encouraging too. Do you see this as something that individuals would be purchasing? Because if it's going to be twenty five dollars a test or thirty dollars a test or whatever it does come out to be, I mean, if if you've got a venue with five thousand people, I don't think you're buying all of the tests for all of the people. So how do you envision that working? Well, I imagine that um, you know stadiums and venues would include it in the price of the ticket uh, and. There'd be some sort of offset cost there. Uh, I'm anticipating, and as we have conversations with governments, uh, some of those costs are offset as well uh, or covered. And uh, just generally, I guess it depends on what kind of a business it is, but we want to make this a sort of a shopper's drug mart scenario uh, where people could access it in, in multi-packs or individual um, purchase uh, kits so that people can can use it. Some of our logistics and conversations of distribution are currently underway as we uh, are trying to work at lightning speed to get through all of the last optimization and uh, regulatory requirements that we we have. But uh, certainly we um, are anticipating that there would be some shared costs with the consumer and the the specific venue um, that is providing the event. Right. And in time, could you see the, the price coming down, or given what it takes to make a test, is that kind of where it's going to sit? Well, volume uh, comes down. Uh, it will bring the cost down, absolutely. And we want to be, obviously, very competitive uh, in the marketplace. This is our first platform development using our graphene focused on SARS-CoV-2, but the same uh, test kit we can tailor the surface now and we can test for MERS or Zika or Ebola or any other future pandemic that comes our way. Uh, we can quickly uh, change that graphene surface and solve the next problem coming without that major economic shutdown that's hurt so many families. So our goal here is stage one, generation two, and then to advance this into multiple products. Well, hey, it it would be a game changer. It would be a life changer. Donna, thank you so much for the work that you have done, for how fast it's happened, and thanks for outlining it for us. Thank you very much. Donna Mandel, founder, president, and CEO of Graphene Leaders Canada, on a rapid COVID-19 test that would be available in October, and we wanted to talk price point, and, you know, you're not going to get this for 50 cents because it costs more than 50 cents to make it. That's That's the issue. So now, how do you do that sort of shared cost in all of this if it does wind up being $25? You know, if if you go out and you buy a test, that can then, if you bring your test with you, you know, you're trying to envision how all of this would work. You want to get into a game, or you want to go to a concert, or you want to go to some large gathering, you could get in, but you would have to go and purchase that first or maybe you purchase it and then you get refunded half the money i mean there's there's a lot to kind of play with here but at the same time would you be willing and this is the different world that we live in let's say let's say this comes out at thirty dollars this is the thing we have to think about this comes out at thirty dollars would you be willing to pay fifteen dollars and 
hope that a venue paid $15 to attract you to come in? Would that would that work? Would you be willing to add on $15, $20 to the price of any ticket that you would be spending in order to have that test? Because you could then go in. That would be it. You would know that everybody inside did not have the virus. But that's what we're looking at. And as Donna says, hey, in Mexico, they've got these things, 100 bucks. Other places are saying even more. In time, maybe the price comes down, but you're still looking at this is a medical test. And so they're not going to make it for 50 cents. Therefore, it's not going to be offered for a buck. Hmm. That's, that's, a, that's a tricky one, isn't it? That's a tricky one. You've been listening to the London Live podcast. Catch the show live on weekdays from 1 to 3. 